Welcome to another episode of Boss Barista. So this is going to be part two of our chat with Leticia. Um, Ashley stopped in with her in Miami a couple weeks ago. And now um, Ashley and I are sitting here in San Francisco or in Oakland, really, I should say. And we're commenting on the interview. So this is part two. Enjoy. I'm going to go backwards a little bit because I think I've been thinking a lot about this as an issue in terms of marginalized groups. And it's something that I don't think a lot of people talk about, but kind of the disadvantage of being young. Um, And that's something you've gone through because so much of your coffee career has been being young. And I mean, we're not that old right now, but we're like a little older than most people (laughs) that are in coffee right now. But like, you know, I'm 29, you're 31, right? Yep. And I think... There are things that happen to baristas now that I'm shocked by that I would not have tolerated as a tw- uh, at, at this age, but I maybe would have tolerated as a 23, 24-year-old kind of coming into coffee. So I'm interested in those experiences. Like what, what was it like to be kind of a, you know, you started your company six years ago, so you were 25? Yeah, what was that like? How seriously did you think people took you for how serious you were (laughs) i detest the discrimination about youth like Mm -hmm. i just really can't take it most of our managers are in their early 20s and i really learned through experience to not care about how old you are if you do a great job you may be lacking a little bit of life life experience because it's natural like in the young manager's Sometimes never heard of stuff that seems pretty basic for a 30-year-old. But it's okay. They, they're going to get there. As long as they have the skills to get the job done, they have the energy, and they have the intentionality. Like, they want to do a great job, and they do a great job. doesn't matter how, how young they are. Like, some of our best managers, I mean, all the managers are great. But they are really, like, 22, 23 years old. And... They're fantastic and they're so reliable and they're wonderful. It was really rough. It was super hard being a 21-year-old trainer in Brazil dealing with restaurant owners and male restaurant managers that just like, I'm half Italian. I know everything about coffee. You don't know anything. What are you training my staff? No, that's not it. It's seven grams. It's seven grams. And it's like, It's not seven grams. It's 18 grams. (laughs) Live with it. So it started like there and it really just, it just kept going, right? Opening the business pretty young and and just really going through the build out at 24, right? Being the owner at 24 and trying to tell people, no, 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 we don't want this sink at that height. We want this sink a little higher or no, no, this countertop has to be a little lower. And we have to cut here or cut there. It wasn't that easy. It was irritating often. And I feel that I learned a lot from it. And I'm not bitter about it. But most 
more than anything, I learned to just respect young people and and that's it. Like it's not easy to be young and, and, and doing stuff. So I think young people are a group of people that we don't talk about as being discriminated against, but are a hundred percent discriminated against. Yeah. Um, it's something that I see in the cafe that I work at where there are things that customers would never say to me and will say to my younger baristas Mm -hmm. for two reasons. I think number one, because there is that like adult child dynamic where like, I'm going to tell you how it is just like Leticia was pointing out with the Italian um, restaurant owners. But number two, and this is something that I think can translate into other lessons about how we treat other minorities is that there are differences in younger people that they'll get there eventually. But there are ways that like they're, they haven't seen certain things in a cafe or haven't seen certain things in the world. So like maybe a 23 year old doesn't know the same things as a 30 year old. And that is okay. Yeah. They will get there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's our job as leaders, as older people, um leticia is 31 by the way she is not old um but she was 23 24 when she started making her business and it's okay to make mistakes because we fully expect for people to continue to learn and grow and i think that that's a really good lesson to apply to other minorities um is that if they're not exactly where we want them to be for whatever circumstances that's okay they will get there if we invest the energy and effort yeah and if we're supportive, like, oh, you don't know that? Let me show you, as opposed to, you don't know that? Like, right. Okay, I'll teach you how to do it. Like, could, we can use the same words, different vibe behind it. And one person can feel empowered, and then the next way you say it, they'll feel, like, totally humiliated. I agree. My mom told me this story about my sister, who I'm going to put on blast right now. Um, she's a barista at Whole Foods, and she told me that this woman came into the Whole Foods and asked for like a tea with like two tea bags. And my sister gave her a tea with one tea bag, but then a tea bag on the side. And the woman just like ripped into her. And all I could think of in that moment, like initially I was like, I would not have let that happen to me. But she's 21 years old. Like it's hard to stand up for yourself and know what's right. Or to say like, excuse me, ma'am, like, let me get a manager to talk to you. Or what do you, like my initial reactions, like, what do you want? I will do it for you this way. Like there is no need to yell. But it's really hard when you're young to assert your What did your sister do? What did your sister do? She just like let it, I think she just let it happen and then eventually made it for her the way she wanted to. But I would have like stopped her immediately, you know, like I would have been ma'am, do you want this with two tea bags inside of it? I will go do that right now as opposed to letting it happen. But again, like if I were 23 or 24, I don't think I would have had that wherewithal. And I'm surprised that she didn't like cried. Cry. I think I would have cried. I would probably cry. You know, it's (laughs) stressful. It's stressful to be in service and have someone yell at you. But at this point, like I don't, I don't let people yell at me, but I feel like Five years ago, I might have, and I'm trying to remember instances of that, of just feeling powerless, because now I don't feel powerless. But I can imagine young baristas must. And it's strange to see how everyone grows differently, Mm -hmm. and we develop different 
ways of handling those kinds of situations that are inevitable in service, right? So last week I was parking the van, like the Panther Coffee van, and we were gonna like take ice out of it and take stuff from the event and we're just parking and all of a sudden as I'm going to park the van, this really fancy car stops on the no parking loading zone next to the store. So I parked the van on the side, but it was heavy stuff. And I went to talk to the gentleman, right? So he was leaving his fancy car. He was like, hey, excuse me, could you please move your car? Because you can't really park here. And I need to bring the van to unload. He just got so hissy and so upset and gave me the whole, who do you think you're talking to attitude. And the funny thing, I feel that the like me from three years ago would get all agitated or or break down or or I feel that nowadays I just let people look ridiculous and pathetic so I just let him lash off I was just quiet and then he lashed off ridiculous and I was just like I'm sorry you still have to move your car like and he, who do you think I am and I'm like you still have to move your car I'm sorry I just really don't want to fight with you right now. He's like, I'm your customer. And I'm like, it's okay. He's like, who are you? At that point, I was like, I'm the owner of the coffee shop. And he was, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, you should just treat everyone the same. Doesn't matter who I am. Then he got so pissed. He was just, you're giving me a lecture and telling me I'm a bad citizen. I'm like, I'm just telling you, you need to move your car. Nothing has changed. And then he moved his car and then I parked the van. But it's weird interaction. It's like I grew kind of immune to anger right now. <laughs> I really don't care. People are going to feel and, and act the way they feel and they act. But it really doesn't get to me anymore nearly as much as when I was young. Does that happen to you where people treat you differently because you're the business owner? So Be annoying. It does. Because it, I feel like it happens... It happens to me because I'm the manager sometimes. And I'm like, no, but you would, why would you treat a barista like that? Like, how do you handle that? Like, what do you, what do you do about that? That's one of like the few situations that I lecture people. I strive to not lecture people. I just really respect whatever they want to think. But that's one of the few situations where it's hard for me to just hold my tongue and not say like, just treat everyone the same because you never know. You never know. Period. It doesn't matter who is who and, and, and the world goes around. So you just have to be good to everyone. And until someone proves you wrong and really you don't think you need to be good with them anymore. So then they just, you can just ignore them. Yeah. Let's talk about your staff one more time. Because I, I think you can see a lot about a business owner through like the strength of their staff. And that's something that I, that I notice at Panther. I'm like, everyone really seems to want to be here. So what do you think? Why do you think that is? That's a big question, obviously. Well, that is. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, just to like kind of reflect a little bit on that so that people can think about that because I think that that's something that a lot of business owners maybe ask themselves but don't know how to critically assess, which are, you know, are two different things. At this point, I think that one of the main things that I have to do, uh, my position right now, is to choose the right managers. So that's the most important job I have right now. If I place the correct managers together, 
that's one another thing. So like you choose the right managers and then you choose the right partners. So they work well together and they feel like they fill in each other's weaknesses and strengths. The managers make the baristas happy or unhappy, right? I have the things that I have to provide and, and I have to care about each barista individually. But if the manager does not care about the barista, it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. The manager makes or breaks. They are going to be the ones that when you need a, a shift changed, they're going to change for you without an attitude. They're going to understand your needs and they're going to be there for you when you have an issue. They're going to buy the things you're out of fast. So that is really right. I am so, so thankful for my management team. They are so good and, and they care so much about, their, about every barista and every bar back and every new hire. And they are the ones that really make people want to stay. If you have a bad manager, you have like people leaving. And if you have good managers, people stay. How do you think about that, putting two people together? Well, I experienced with that a little bit. Um, not in a mean way, but it's just it needed to be. And I placed before managers that weren't exactly that compatible together. It wasn't too good. <laughs> um, they have to get along just enough to do a really great job together. They can't become um, they can't become really close, which I know there's a risk there, but I'm willing to take it because um, they still need to be the ones that send me their reports every single day and that tell me what's happening every day. They keep me posted. So I'm at the stores a lot. I see a lot, but the managers still have to keep me posted. So I can't have managers that don't tell me stuff because they're covering for each other, right? That it's a risky thing. Um, but I trust them all. You need I need to really make sure that one of the managers really is a, like a people like people person that the baristas feel good coming to them with problems and but often that kind of personality I don't want to generalize, but sometimes that kind of personality is not the same person that's going to look at a problem and it's like that's a problem. I'm going to solve it now and just psh, just go fast and solve the problem. So usually it's good to have one that's like lovely people person and another one that it's really good at getting stuff done quickly, you know? So just to explain a little bit about Leticia's role. So she is head of retail. So there are her seven managers, um, two for each store and one floating manager, and they all report to her. Uh, so they meet once a week. She meets with them even more often than that. As I was following her around, we went to two of her stores and watching her interact with every barista was so interesting and unique because you could tell that she knew their idiosyncrasies. Like they, she knew like how to talk to each person um, and how to give them the care that they needed. And all of them felt comfortable telling her things like they mm -hmm. would talk about personal issues. Like one of them... Um, her father was in the hospital and she knew all about it. Like the, wow. this wasn't somebody who was, who knew exactly what was happening with her staff. And that's something that I see a lot of managers missing and a lot of owners missing is connecting with the people who are ultimately serving your product mm -hmm. and making you look good. Mm -hmm. um, it shouldn't be a surprise if there's an emergency with one of them or if 
um, you know, even small things like if they have a significant other or not, um, yeah. or how to spell their names right, because that is real. That is something that I've experienced <laughs> in places that I have worked. Someone so, has misspelled your name, Ashley. <laughs> yes, that's that was surprising. Um, <laughs> A-S-H-E-L-Y apparently is another way that you can spell Ashley um, in no way. Um, and it happened a lot. So, um, which was surprising. Um, I was surprised that that was something that continuously happened to me. And that really affected my, my, my ability to feel comfortable in my job. And that's something that I work, I work really hard to do as a manager and it's, it's not easy. Um, but it's something that needs to be done because as at the end of the day, your baristas are the people who are your job. They're the people who make yeah. you look good. And, and, you know, Leticia mentioned this a lot earlier. Um, your job is never to yell at people or like boss them, right. To boss them around, but to support them and make them feel like they're having a good time at work because that's the best. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think about it? Like on your end being, because you have a really great manager or Emily used to be the manager. I do. Yeah. Yeah. She has since moved on. She's now in the training department and we have a new manager who's also really great. Um, I totally agree with Leticia that the best managers are the ones that I feel working alongside me and not working above me mm-hmm. and that I'm just like being supported. I have what I need. Um, and I, you know, a lot of us give a, like everything at work and we'll be flexible with our schedules and it really makes it all feel worth it when I ask for time off and get it or I need to take, you know, a second or third or fourth 10 minute break if I'm having a really hard day and they're just like, yes, totally, I got you. Mm-hmm. So, And even having like an open dialogue where... I'm imagining this from like my the manager perspective where let's say you ask for time off and someone already asked for time off and I'm like, how do I approach this in the most like comfortable way? It's like, oh, how can we compromise with you? Or can I be like, hey, like someone asked for time off um, before you like, couldn't we all three talk together about how we can make this work? Um, and always making things collaborative and always making things about the group. Yeah. As opposed to like, well, you can't have that. And you're like, well, what? I did everything you said and I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And being really open and honest with people about why things happen the way they do. I think the biggest thing for me as a manager that I try to do is tell everybody what's going to happen every single day. Like there Mm -hmm. are no surprises. Mm -hmm. And even like simple things like just making a list of like, these are the deliveries that will come today. Yeah. Um, This is how I order milk has been really helpful for me because it makes me reflect deeply on why I do things and it also makes it easy for baristas to know what their days are going to look like. Yeah. I think about this a lot. (laughs) How would you help someone, I guess, start a business? Me personally? Not not you personally. We could talk about some of that because you are helping some people with their businesses, but how would you, if someone came up to you and sent you an email or saw you at an event and they were like, I really admire what you've done with your business. How do I do what you've done? How do I start my own coffee business? And it doesn't have to be a retail shop. It could be a roastery. It could be a wholesaler. It could be whatever. I think there, like, if someone really wants to have a coffee company, the first thing to do is go learn about coffee 
right? You don't want to open a business about something you don't know anything about. Or go find someone that knows about coffee. So either you go and learn about it, or maybe you already know about it. Or if you have the money and you want to open a coffee company, then offer partnership to someone, like maybe a very nice, smart, young barista that wants to have a coffee shop and can do it for you. Um, yeah, the first thing is getting to know the industry you want to get into. I think that would be the first, that's really been the first thing I've said to the last three people that came to me asking about how to open a coffee company. I just want to stop really quickly because I have heard that a lot too. Um, and that's something that I don't think a lot of people think is necessary in business. But I read this article by Nick Cho because apparently that's the only person I ever cite um, <laughs> where he offered like three tips to opening a business. And the first tip was be the best barista in your cafe. And I don't think that you necessarily need to be the absolute best. Like you don't have to be the person who makes the best latte art. You don't have to be the person who can make the most drinks. But if your baristas know more about coffee than you do and you find that acceptable, that might be a problem because then it calls into question why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. When I asked Leticia why she does what she does and what's the most important thing to her, it was uncompromising quality. Mm. So it makes sense to me that she values knowing your product really well. Yeah. What about young baristas or even just baristas in general who maybe have been working for companies for a long time and don't really know where to go next? Like I've done all these things and I'm not sure what my next step is. That is a very, very interesting subject and it's very sensitive too because deep inside, I really think that being a barista is a fantastic profession. It gives you opportunity to be creative, to be artistic, to interact with people, to get better and better at a craft. And I think it's a very special profession. So I think that more than anything, I would really like to find a way to make the barista profession sustainable. Because right now, it's not sustainable. And what I would like to say is, if you love being a barista, keep being a barista. Let's find ways of getting you making more money and continuing to feel engaged and be a barista. That would be the first thing I would like to happen. But it's not very much like that. Because right now, you can't really make a good living for yourself being a barista. And you don't want to tell someone, oh no, you got to be stuck on like a, a job that doesn't pay you enough to live the way you want to live. Right, or you have to like get another job, or you have to... Yeah, and it's really rough because... I feel like baristas, they either want to become trainers, managers, coffee shop owners, or coffee roasters, green coffee buyers, roastery owners. So it's just, it becomes that thing where a great barista is not necessarily a great manager, really like oftentimes. So that would be what I would like to do. But let's say the barista, totally, sorry, I totally digress. I was so long on that one. Um, Let's say a barista actually does have the desire to have a coffee shop, right? I want to have a coffee shop. That's my dream. And I'm going to be the best boss to all the baristas. Then my advice would be either you're going to look for opportunities every, everywhere you see. So like keep, an eye, keep your eyes open, right? Just be alert because working at a coffee shop, you meet so many people and... A lot of those people, they 
don't have ideas, but they have money. I think usually the hardest part is to find the money when when you're a barista and you're trying to open a coffee shop. So finding an investor is it's a good way of opening your own coffee shop. But really do your homework, you know, because if you get an investor, they really are going to want you to do a great job and they want their money back and, and they want to make money if they're going to invest with you. So start preparing yourself to become a business owner. So go learn about how to keep books. Um, learn about how to manage people. Go to Coursera and take, take those free classes on HR and management and people's psychology. Just build yourself to be ready to run a business while you're looking for the opportunity that, that, that will come. It will come. Mm -hmm. You said earlier that you have really good instincts. So I want you to tell us what you think the future of coffee is going to start looking like. What do you think are things that people are missing or things that you want to see happen in coffee? Well, definitely, and I may be repeating myself, what I want to see happening in coffee is just overall being more sustainable, right? For people that work in coffee. I want, find a, I want to find a way of baristas just barista being a sustainable profession. Um, and after that, a way of making the coffee chain more sustainable. So everyone is maybe paying a little bit more for their coffee. But along the way, everyone is making a living out of coffee. So I think that, that sustainability, it's the future. Transparency, it's crucial. And everyone is going to become more and more transparent. And also, I think that the social aspect, which is starting to come and become more like mainstream, it's really important. We're going to start looking out for each other a little bit more. Those are some things that I, I think that are going to be front and center. Like the, the trends of 2017 we should watch out for. <laughs> Hopefully 2017, right? That'll be fast and great. I know. That would be that would be great. Everyone's gonna have health insurance in the coffee industry in 2017. Everyone's gonna be that'd Whoa, be great. I really hope so, right? You yeah. think yeah. No, I don't think that's gonna happen at all. But I wish. Uh Panther Coffee though, at least. Oh, I know. Tell me about that. Okay, let's let's end on that. So health insurance is gonna be a big deal because, you know, we kind of don't know what's gonna happen with it with the <laughs> past election. Um I was lucky. I live in California. So I got an email from um, Covered California, which is basically Obamacare for California, assuring me that nothing would happen to my coverage next year, which is awesome. I mean, how true can that be, though? I guess if you have a budget already proposed for your state, like, okay. you're good. I mean, California has pretty much rejected that Donald Trump is going to be president. You guys are going to be your own country. We're going to basically be our own country. The California, I don't want to, I think it might have been the House of Representatives, like the state um, Congress wrote a letter being like, we're not going to, we're not going to fly with you. Like, we're not going to go back on civil liberties, basically. They were very clear on that. Like, if California needs to be the leader of like the civil, like civil liberties and rights, like we will continue to do that. But like, we will not go backwards. Um, so I got that letter and I thought, cool, great for me. But like, if I'm a barista in like Nebraska, what am I going to do? So I think you guys are at a really interesting point because you mentioned that you guys are thinking about health insurance and you have a plan to implement it um, in September, right? Yes. So I guess, yeah, talk about a little bit 
of those, those struggles because that's real and that's hard, but it's it's important but hard at the same time. Yeah, like from the beginning, Joe and I have always said that it's very important for us that everyone gets health insurance. And it's not cheap. Like good health insurance in here right now, it's like $300 per person per month. So if you multiply that by whatever number of employees you have, it's a big chunk. And you really have to plan for it, but you just can't put it off and, and put it off. It just has to be a priority. So you have to sometimes cut at different places to be able to implement something that, that's important. And I see, I mean, mostly on TV, but I see people talking about how, oh, if we all have to pay for, for health insurance, then businesses are going to close and this and that. Really, we need to start budgeting for that. We have to put that as a priority because where we live right now, there is no other option. Are we going to let our team, our family go bankrupt if they are sick? We just can't do that. It doesn't work like that. So Ashley and I are listening to this and we just decided to do the math on it. $300 a month. I think she has about 70 employees. It might be a little less because there is wholesale and retail. Okay. So but I think roughly 70 is what she said. Okay. Um, and that comes out to $252,000 a year. That's a quarter of a million dollars. Yes. That's insane. For health insurance. Right. For all of her staff. But what she says that I think is really important is that it is not burden if you plan on it if you budget for it if you make something a priority then you will make it work by looking at you know by going backwards like this is my goal how am i going to achieve this goal and that's awesome it's awesome to hear people having goals and finding ways to make them work as opposed to looking at certain things and saying these are insurmountable these are things i cannot do things are doable if you make them important Mm -hmm. um and that for me has been really, really interesting to talk about with people is how to say that something is not insurmountable if we plan accordingly and decided that it's a priority. Not everything can be a priority. We can't make a million dollars and also give everyone health insurance. Um, But if we decide what's important, we can do the things that are important. So we have a planning place. Hopefully next year, everyone gets health insurance and it would be such an important step for us. Even if we have to like slow the growth a little bit, we are ready to do that in order to put the team first, you know? Thank you for sitting down and talking to me for so long. Is there anything else you want to share? Anything else that we didn't touch upon or anything that you want to leave people knowing about you? I love hanging out with you. It was so nice. I, I love hanging out with you too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we hang out again soon. I don't know. There's always more to say. There's just so much. and. Right. It's fine. We don't need to say everything at once. Let's keep the mystery. Um, Can people get in touch with you? Oh, yeah. Um, It's funny because both my email address and my cell phone are readily available in the internet. I don't know how. Well, okay. Then they have to work for that. They can find (laughs) it on the internet. (laughs) Yeah. But it's it's fine. My email is panther at panthercoffee.com. Sometimes I go a full week without opening it. So I can attest to that. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Thank you so much for sitting down with me and I will probably sign this off differently when I can think about it. Thank you, Ashley. Bye.
Wow. What an amazing woman. I am kind of bummed that I wasn't there with you drinking wine. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was wine. Just, <laughs> just to be clear, there was a lot of wine. Um, Leticia has a really great palate. I mentioned to Jasper that Leticia was, um, went to school for uh, gastronomy studies. Um, so she's got like just an impeccable palate. She seems great. She seems like a really cool friend. A really great friend, really accessible, really easy to talk to, and also very straightforward. She's not someone who's going to beat around the bush and tell you things you want to hear just because you want to hear them. Yeah, I can tell. I love the way that she prioritizes her staff, prioritizes um, being a part of a team and a partnership, and how she doesn't seem to say the... um, the sort of card carrying lesbian or not lesbian, excuse me, feminist. Sometimes those two go together, but not always. <laughs> um, she doesn't say the things that, that I hear a lot of feminists say like on the internet or something. She's got a fresh perspective and, but she holds to those same values. Yeah. And Jasper and I talked a little bit about how feminism can look and be a lot of different things. And I, and Leticia really embodies that by doing the things that are important to her and prioritizing her staff and really giving everyone a chance. Mm -hmm. Girl, you dope. Can we hang out now? I know. I really (laughs) want to hang out again. She's going to come to San Francisco at some point. So (gasps) I want to meet her. You should meet her. She's amazing. She's pretty much the coolest person I've ever, ever interviewed. Um, and I learned so much from her. And I still, even listening to this interview again, I was like, oh man, she is so, get like she gets it. Yeah, very she insightful. gets it, very insightful. And just someone who I think a lot of people can model themselves after. Mm-hmm. So do get in touch with her. She's really easy to get in touch with. Like I said, you might wait a week on your email, <laughs> but she's there and she wants to chat. Like she wants to chat and share her stories. Um, and she's doing some really cool things. Um, you can go to Panther Coffee in Miami. Um, there are three locations. They're going to open up two more this year, one in Little Haiti and one in Mimo. Are we calling that? Is that a neighborhood? That was not a neighborhood when I was growing up there. <laughs> um, but Midtown Miami, I believe it's called. Um, and you can visit their original location in Wynwood. Um, and they have a location also in South Beach and in Coconut Grove. Um, you can also order their coffee at panthercoffee.com. Um, and it's delicious. You should definitely have some. They have a lot of really, we didn't even reflect on all the relationships that they have, but they have a lot of partnerships in Bolivia and Nicaragua. So when I was there, that's where a lot of their coffees were from at that time. Um, Also in Colombia, a lot of really strong South American ties um, and a lot of really great Brazilian coffees as well. Um, So go ahead, order their coffees, find them online, ask us more questions, boss barista podcast, all one word at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Thanks for coming in and listening to another episode of Boss Barista. I'm Jasper Wild. And I'm Ashley Rodriguez. We'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya.